0: Welcome to the Ministry of Harvest Life Church. We pray that this message would help harvest the life God has for you. Man, I've talked to so many people, you know, through these series and, and man, people are just God's shining light on things that they've been going through. That they haven't really expressed to people. And people are finding freedom. People are finding the freedom that they've been wanting for years. And so, you know, we have this booklet. Uh, that we've created. I'm just going to do a quick mention of it. Uh, you can grab one as soon as you leave service. Our ushers will have them. But you know what? I want you guys to get this because it has all the information that we've been going through. And, you know, maybe you're struggling today and uh, you've been needing some information. Look, they got some Bible promises in here. They got some declarations. Uh, they have things that we're going to talk about today on how you can help people. Maybe you aren't struggling, but you know people that are. And sometimes the question, we just don't know what to do. We don't know how what to say. Man, there's a, just some simple things. And we're going to kind of talk about some today simple things that you can do to help some people. And you know, I read the scripture and I love it. I was going to read it to you guys. Look, it says in Psalms 40 verse 3 says, ecstatic praise pour out of my mouth until everyone hears how God has set me free. Many will see his miracles. They'll stand in awe of God and fall in love with him. Come on. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Can I hear a big amen? And so man, I want you guys to grab this as soon as we go. And you know, I forgot to mention, uh, and I'm going to mention it because I love the youth. Our youth are having a fundraiser today. Uh, They they have some awesome things that you can win so go out there uh, right after service by the bookstore support them they're having their uh, uh what is it uh, camp august 5th through the 8th and that's coming up come on we want to be a blessing to them too amen got a lot of stuff going on in this church right come on how many of you guys glad to be a part of a church that's alive amen and uh, I mean, we got connect groups, we got men's ministry, we got women's ministry, we got, uh, you know, we got all kinds of things, we got youth, we got kids church. And the reason why I mention this is because, you know, as we talk about this thing, these things, it's so important to remember the importance of having good relationships. And so we want you guys to be a part of those connect groups. We want you to be a part of serving, of joining the uh, the growth track. We want you to be a part of the men's ministry because, you know, the Bible says it's wise to have many counselors, to have those counselors by your side, people that are there that that you can be accountable to. And so that's why we create these opportunities for us to be able to get connected in in a deeper level, not just on a Sunday. Come on, on connect groups, on on men's ministry, women's, all kinds of different things going on. So we encourage you guys to be a part of that. And, you know, uh, I was talking to a friend not too long ago, a few months back. And uh, they've been going through a lot of stuff. And so, you know, I just wanted to kind of be there for them and encourage them and just see how they're doing. Uh, you know, how they just had hit after hit. Have you ever experienced that in life where life just hits you and hits you and hits you and it's hard to stay up, you know, you, you do your best and sometimes it's, it's hard to stay up. And so, you know, I, I was talking with them and we were talking about uh, just how, how, how um, so many people sometimes walk around uh, with just this heaviness on their life and you may not even know it there's a lot of people that walk around us in our everyday life that are walking with these heavy burdens. And, and you know, they don't always express it. Why? Because sometimes they don't know who to talk to. They're afraid that people, like we learned that people are going to judge them. And so they don't open up these conversations. Uh, But you'd be amazed on how many people are walking with this quiet desperation in their life. And, And what's sad is sometimes we can get to a point where it just becomes normal to us. It just becomes an everyday thing. This is just how I'm always going to feel. This is just how it's always going to be. But I believe that Jesus came, come on, to to die for us, to bring freedom to people. Can I hear amen? He, He came to bring life to them, and his desire is that people would experience the abundant life that he came to bring. I mean, that's what John 10, 10 says, that Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. The thief is the one that comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus wants us to experience that life. And so, you know, we're just talking about this truth on how Jesus went on the cross and he absorbed all these things and wanted to remove all these things from humanity because, you know, there's times in our life where we struggle. There's times in our life where we're hurting and but Jesus wants to come alongside us and help us and to strengthen us and get us to the place that, where we can stand firm and stand strong and we can declare that scripture over life that God's done many, many miracles. And man, I'm gonna I'm gonna just have ecstatic praise in my mouth and people are gonna see God and they're gonna give him glory because of the things that he's doing in their life. And you know, we speak this truth because how I many know that's true, that Jesus came to bring freedom. But in that truth is another truth as well, that Jesus desires to partner with you and I to help bring about that freedom in people's lives, to help the people that are suffering. Not just as a pastor. Come on, sometimes we think, oh, it's just a pastor. I don't have anything to give. No, God has created all of us to do the work of the ministry. God has called us ministers. He's called us a royal priesthood. Come on, a chosen generation. And so he's chosen all of us to be a participant in what he wants to do and bring about in this earth. To, to, to do what God wants to do. You know, God, God desires to do these things, but he partners with, with us to do it. That's why Jesus said, pray this prayer, God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Come on, that we would pray these prayers we would partner with. God, doesn't, God, God won't move unless we're moving with him. And he desires to use us and desire to work with us. So that truth remains. And so the question is, and today we're going to kind of just talk about, where's my part in this? What's my response? And what's going on? And what's my response to what is happening? What's my response? As a child of God, how do, how do I help? Where's my part to play? And so we're going to kind of just talk about that today. You know, what, what our part is. Because we, we serve an important part. Amen? Yeah. And so Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. He says, that we are the salt and the light of this world. And, you know, today we're going to kind of just, it's a little bit different for me. Usually I don't like this thing. I'm like, get it out of here. You know, I want to be in front of the people. Like I just, but today's going to be a little bit more teaching. So I want you guys to follow with me. We want to give you some practical ways to be able to help. So it's a little bit different than my, I'm used to, I'm not a teacher. I'm more of a, I'm going to give you a thought. We're going to preach the heck out of it. And we're going to shout and we're going to, we're going to get excited. Can I hear an amen? But today's going to be a little bit calm. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. No, we're just, we're just gonna learn. We're gonna grow. Amen. It's gonna, it's gonna be good. So, I'm, this is a little bit different for me. It might be a little bit different for you, but we're gonna, we're gonna grow. So, Jesus says this that we are the light and the salt of this world. Now, listen, that light, you know, we, we sometimes think that and that kind of, that throws us off like, man, I'm the light. Like, I have no light to give. You know, I don't, I don't know what to say. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. You know, I just got saved, man. I'm just, <laughs> you know, like, I don't, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know what to give. Like, I, I, and so we read these scriptures, like, how can I be the light of the world? But the great thing about God is this, that Jesus calls you the light. But you know what the, who produced that light within you? Jesus. Come on, he is the light. And he produces that light within you, that life that begins to manifest within you, through you and in you because of the Holy Spirit. So listen, when you hear those scriptures, you don't have to be afraid. No, you trust and have faith. God, you said that I'm the light, and so I'm going to be the light. I may not have all the answers, and I may not know all the things I need to say, but God, I'm going to trust in you and have faith that you've called me to be the light. Jesus isn't waiting for you uh, to, to, to say that you're the light. He says you are the light. He's not saying like, oh, wait. Just in, you know, another month, and they'll be the light of the world. Amen. Another month, they're going, to be, they're going to be the salt of the earth. Amen. I can't wait for that month. No, Jesus said, no, you are right now the salt and the light in this earth. He wants to use you. And sometimes we think, like, oh, he can't use me because I have this going on. You'll be surprised on what God will do in our weakness. You'll be surprised in the glory that begins to shine through when we don't have enough ability. He says, you don't have enough ability, but I do. Let me show you who I am. Let me show you what I want to do in your life. Let me show you the life that I put inside of you that you don't even know. And so this life in Jesus has been illuminated us and has empowered us to help others who are suffering. To help those that are in need. And let me tell you something. Today, if you're suffering, if you're suffering with depression, if you're suffering with anxiety, if you're having restless nights, if you're suffering, trying to find joy in life, if you've been having a hard time, man, let me tell you something. God has a victory for you in the name of Jesus. Listen, there's no darkness. Yeah, come on, give him some praise. Listen, there's no darkness so dark that the light cannot overcome it. There's not. I mean, Pastor Boyd's who read that scripture and uh, in John chapter one that says Jesus is the light and the light shone and the light, the darkness could not overcome it. Come on, what is it? The scriptures, if you read it, it says they absorbed it. When you shine light in a darkness, come on, that darkness doesn't absorb the light. No, that light absorbs the darkness. And that's what Jesus did on that cross. He absorbed all that. And as he comes in, as his word comes in, as you, uh, God's presence comes in, that darkness begins to flee. That darkness begins to leave because of the life of Jesus that begins to flow. So, you know, the scriptures say that, man, that that light absorbs it. Come on. It swallows up that darkness. And you know what the scriptures say? That death has been swallowed up by victory. Come on, that depression has been swallowed up by victory. That anxiety has been swallowed up by victory. That fear of the future has been swallowed up by victory. And God says, you stand victorious, not because of your strength, but because of what I did. And if you allow me to come in, I'm going to swallow up all that stuff. And you're going to stand in complete victory. And you're going to overcome this thing. Come on, that's the message of hope. Come on, that's the gospel. That's why Jesus came. So that we can find the victory in our life. Man, I'm preaching more than I'm teaching. Amen. Come on. You can't, you can't help but get excited about the gospel. Come on. So listen, that, 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 that light swallows up that darkness. And friends, I want to remind you today, listen, that God wants to use you. That God wants to use you to make a difference. And because you have the Holy Spirit living in the inside of you, you can make a difference today. I just want you to think about that. Because sometimes we think we can't, but really you can. And the lives of the people that are around you, the people that you love, the people that you come in contact with. Listen, the devil will often try to get us to put that light in that basket. Oh, you don't have nothing to say. Oh, it's just in your head. Don't say nothing. But Jesus said, don't put that basket in the light. Let it shine. Come on, let that life begin to shine. Let that life begin to go. And listen, I'm going to tell you, never underestimate the power of the gospel. Galatians chapter 5 says that it is a gospel that brings freedom. The good news of Jesus coming and removing all those things. Coming and rising again from the grave. Leaving all that stuff behind. Come on, the gospel, the power of God. Paul says in Romans, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. And that salvation, if you look it up, has that meaning of this prosperity, not just a material prosperity, but a soul prosperity. He says, above the, the scriptures say, beloved, I believe, I want you to prosper in all things. Even as your soul prospers, he wants us to prosper in our mind, in our will, our emotions. He wants to create within us this power, this sound mind. God desires to do these things in our life, and it comes through the power of the gospel. That word salvation also includes this deliverance. So the gospel produces freedom. It produces deliverance, this message of the cross of him dying and removing our sins, and we no longer have to be ashamed, but we can come before our Father and receive from him his goodness and his grace. He says, That is the power that brings freedom and deliverance. And you know what, my friends and family, the scriptures say that we have this treasure, this gospel, this message, this hope in earth and vessels, and this this is this glory that's inside of you. That message is your strength. It's not you. It's the power of the cross. It's the gospel of Jesus. It's what he wants to work in our life and wants to work through. So never be afraid to share that gospel. Even if you only know Jesus died for you, Jesus loves you, that's enough to set the captive free. Can I hear a big amen? Come on. It's The, good, the scriptures say it's, it's the goodness of the Lord that leads a man to repentance. So just give him the goodness of God. Give him love. Come on. Give them hope. Amen? I need to keep going here. Amen. So the question is, what is our part? What is our response? What should our response be as the children of God? I want you guys to look at the scriptures. Matthew chapter 22. We're going to read some scriptures together real quick. Matthew chapter 22. I'm going to turn my Bible, because I like having my Bible when I preach. Amen? It's good to bring our Bibles. I know we got electronically, but there's just... I know I'm young, but there's just something about a Bible in your hand. Amen. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. It says this Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. Verse 38 says, This is the first and greatest commandment. Watch this. How many know that's important? Love God. Come on, that's an important commandment. You think that's number one, which it is, because he says it's number one, right? So this is the first one. These guys are trying to, you know, trick Jesus. So what's the greatest commandment? He says, hey, it's this one. Love God. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love him. And look what Jesus, Jesus continues to go on. Look at, look at what he says. He says, this is the first and greatest commandment. Watch this. A second, watch, is equally important. Equally important. Now you would think that it, the love of God, like loving God, would be the most important. He says, just as equals to loving God, he says, I want you to love your neighbors. So he puts it up there. You know, a lot of times people are like, I love God, but I just hate his children. Like, you know, you see in those scriptures, they say a little bit more mean than that. But, right? But loving God and loving people, Jesus says, you can't love me if you don't love the people. If you don't love your neighbors. I mean, scriptures say that if you say you love God, but you walk in hatred with your brothers... It's not love. God's not saying, I want you to love me. You can just forget it. No, he says, I want you to love me. And I want you to love your neighbor. I want you to love the people that are around you. Look at, look at John chapter 13. Let's read that one. Go there. John chapter 13, verse 34. You guys learning today? John chapter 13, verse 34. We're going to read it together. It says this. Listen, so now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Just love each other. I want you to love each other. Now, he brings it back to this church, to the church, to our brothers and sisters in the faith, that the world will look upon us and see how we take care of each other, how we love each other, how we pray for each other, how we're there for one another. The world will look on and say, man, they are... They are his disciples. Do you see how Jesus ties in this truth together? He says, if you love me, you're going to love my people. This, this is the commandment that I'm giving to you. Now, he says that the world will see that you love me, that the world will see that you are my disciple, that you're actually following me, not by the words that you speak, not by not by how many prayers you say, but that you are loving one another. you see how Jesus puts the two together? It says, if you love me, you're going to love my people, and the world will see that you absolutely love me because you're showing love to one another. You're walking in patience. You're walking with grace. You're walking with compassion. You're walking with love. I, I just, I love how Jesus ties these things together. And so we look at this like, what does that mean then? What is, what is love? Like, how do we love people? Look, I want you guys to turn with me to 1 John. So Jesus is saying, listen, we, we walk in love. What's our response? We're walking in love. We're going to look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. First service. I had a hard time finding 1 John. I'm like, come on, Pastor. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, watch this. It says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Watch. Let us show this truth by our actions. So he's saying, Listen, I want you to love each other, not by the words that you speak, but by the actions that you give. That it's not enough to just to say, Hey, I love you. See you later. No, it's the actions. It's the actions that we have towards one another. Now, I could tell my wife, Hey, Wife, Michelle, I love you. And if my actions don't back that up, if I don't treat her right, if I mistreat her, if I speak neg- negatively to her, if I beat her down and, 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 and with my words or whatever, I mean, no, that's not proving my love. But if I want to show my love, then what do I do? I serve her. I'm compassionate to her. I'm there for her. I check on her. Come on. What is that showing? The love. And Jesus, you know, what I love about God is he never asked us to do something he wasn't willing to do. You know, the scriptures say that God proved his love. We read it, if you go back in 1 John a few, but it says that, that, that the love that we know is, is this love that Jesus had for us caused him to come here on earth. And in Romans, you know, it says that, that, uh, that this love that Jesus has... That it, was, it wasn't enough for God to just say, I love you. He, he actually proved it to us by sending his son. Why we are still sinners. It says that this proof, this evidence of God love was present when Jesus came to die for us on that cross. God doesn't say, hey, I love you. No, his love was always backed by actions, by deliverance of his people, by the deliverance of us, by him coming to the cross and saying, I just don't want to just tell you I love you. I want to show you how much I love you. I want to prove to you through my actions. So I'm going to come and I'm going to take your place. I'm going to take your punishment. I'm going to take your shame. I'm going to take it all upon myself so that you will see the evidence and the proof of my love for you. I want to go that extra mile to show you how much I love you. And Jesus saying, this is how I want you to walk and the scriptures say that he is the author and the finisher of our faith he's showing us how to walk he says i'm not going to just tell you to do i'm going to show you how to do it and so we find these in the scripture and it's so powerful to see that and that was romans chapter 5 verse 8 if you want to check that out write that down but god always showed the, these loves to this action so what do we do listen what we what do we do we need to just look out for each other we need to be there for one another so we're going to do four simple ways that we can help someone Four simple ways. I want you to write this down. Listen, it doesn't take a lot. Sometimes we think like we have to do all kinds of stuff. It doesn't take a lot, but we're going to just do four simple ways to help someone. Number one is this. The first one. How do we help someone? We ask. We ask. What do we ask? Are you okay? Are you doing all right? Is everything going on? What's going on in your life? What's happening? You know, I love my mom. She's just so great. She might be here today. I don't know if she's here. I don't see her. But she probably is. I just don't see her. You know, when I, when I first got saved, you know, I was kind of a wild person. And, uh, and, you know, I would have moments where, you know, I needed help. You know, a lot of temptation, a lot of people trying to pull me back. It wasn't easy. But, you know, what I love about my mom is that she always knew there was something going on. Come on, parents. You know when there's something going on with your kids. And she would have a simple dialogue, hey, how are you doing? Because she could tell by the tone of my voice I wasn't doing good. And she would just ask that simple question, no, I'm okay. And she gave me the the mom reply, you are not okay. There's something going on with you. And she would encourage me. And you know, what? because of that, because of that encouragement, I'm here today. Kept me on that straight. Now, why? Because she did a lot of stuff. No, simply because she asked, how are you doing? Are you doing all right? Because you sound a little bit off. Are you doing okay? And so that opens up this dialogue. You can never underestimate the power of just asking, are you okay? And don't be afraid to ask. Because sometimes the devil will come and try to tell you, hey, you don't need to ask. There's no reason. Like, you know, it's just in your head. You don't need to ask. You don't, you don't, need, to, you don't need to pry. You don't, you don't need to do that. And he tries to put our light in a, in a bushel. But don't be afraid to ask. Even if they're not going through something, it's better to ask than not to ask. Why? What are you doing? That asking proves your love. That asking shows that you're there for them. That asking shows that you you want to help. You know, being being a youth pastor for so many years, we had a lot of kids that go through a lot of stuff. And sometimes we think like, oh, they're just teenagers. They're just in their head. But really it's not. Like they go through a lot of things. You'd be surprised at the stuff that they go through. You'll be surprised at what's happening in families. You'll be surprised at what's happening in their life and what's, what's going on. And so, you know, just a simple question. there will be a lot of times where the kids come in and I can tell they're off because we know our kids and we would, you know, try to have a relationship with them. And we just ask them, are you doing okay? Like, what's going on? And there'll be times that they just start crying with a simple a question of, uh, how are you? you? You seem a little bit off. Are you doing Okay you just begin to, they'll begin to open up and just have this floodgate of just things that they just begin to talk about that you didn't even have any idea was going on. Nobody knew what was going on, but they begin to talk to you about it. Begin to just share what's happening. That simple question of saying, hey, are you okay? Are you doing all right? Sometimes, you know, sometimes they're like, I'm all right. But that gives you opportunity to come back and say, hey, to just have that fellowship. Sometimes they don't open up right away, but the scriptures say, ask keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Doesn't mean you have to keep on asking, but you can just be there for them. You know, there's this one time this girl, you know, I, I'm not really one of those guys that get these discerning things about people. I'm just, it's not my gifting, uh, you know, it's just not. And so, but this one time I remember I was, I was looking at this girl and I just, I saw her and I just got this understanding, man, she, she's self-harming herself. And uh, this was a, a, a few years back. And, you know, it's one of those things that, god was making me aware of but didn't feel a need to act on it at the moment but i knew that there was something going on and and you wouldn't never know because they're really good at hiding those things they really are you wouldn't even know what was going on and so you know I, i saw that i didn't talk to michelle but the next week in a week span michelle begins to talk to this girl just basically asking how are you doing are you doing all right and this girl began to open up to Michelle, began to tell her all these things that she's been suffering through, all these things that have been happening in her life. And you know what? Today, this, this young girl, simple through relationship, just asking, are you doing okay? This girl has now delivered from self-harming herself. She found freedom simply by just talking about it. You can never underestimate the power of just asking somebody, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Just, just, just. Going out and saying, God, how can I be used? You know, Jesus went around often and said, what can I do for you? Oh, I need to be healed. I need you to heal my son. I need you to do that. What can I do for you? It's the equivalent of today of asking, how are you doing? What's happening? What, what, what's going on? What can I be there for you? You know, we, we see Jesus like, I can't be like Jesus. Come on. I can't be like him. I'm not Jesus. There's a lot of people, you know, you guys remember, I want to be like Mike. You guys remember that? You know, you see your kids and they're like, I want to be like Mike or whatever, you know. You're like, you ain't going to be Michael Jordan. Like, <laughs> you know, like, keep on trying, but I'll be there for you. Amen. You know what I mean? They tell you, like, I'm a, I want to do this. Like, oh, awesome. Like, you're not really good at it. But that's okay. It doesn't stop you to have to keep on imitating that. Keep doing it. Keep, keep going for it. That's awesome. That's great. And you know, sometimes I think God's like, you know, we're like, well, we're going to be like God. And God's like, oh, that's cute. They're trying to be like me. <laughs> oh just kidding. Listen, we're not going to ever be Jesus, but it doesn't stop us from imitating him. We may not ever be Jesus because we're not going to be Jesus, but it doesn't mean that we don't try to walk like him. It doesn't mean that we don't show love like him. It doesn't mean that we don't go around asking people, how are you doing? Come on. So when do we ask? Let me give you a few, few tips on when we ask. I got to kind of hustle here. I want to give you guys a few things. like. Some signs. I want. We want to give you some practical stuff. Okay, this is practical teaching. We want to give you some practical stuff. So, ten signs that someone's hurting. I don't have it up there, but you guys can uh, you just write it down if you want. Number one, what are some ten signs? When to ask, "Are you okay?" Listen, they begin to talk about constant, chronic pain. And how many know that when you have an emotional emotional issue, sometimes that can that can cause some natural issues within your body. And so, if they're constantly talking about, you know chronic pain. Number two, eating excesses. They're eating way more than they usually do, or they're eating not enough, and you realize you are losing a lot of weight. Like, what is happening to you? What's going on? Are you okay? You watch for these signs. Number three, they're irritable. Irritability. I fall in line in that one a little bit. Irritable. You're like, what? Is-? They're like on edge all the time. Like, you know, you're like, what is going on with you? Like, there's something to matter with you. Like, you're just like, how oh, you don't fine?" Like, you know what? I go, chill out. Like, you know? come on irritability that might be something that's going on husbands if you see your husband going through some stuff and they're irritable i uh, don't just yell at them pray for them and be like maybe they're going through some stuff amen number four excessive sleep and lack of sleep they just don't want to get up they don't want to do nothing they don't have energy for anything they just lay in bed they... number five forgetful or lack of focus they just forget things they just they're just not there they're not present the mind is always somewhere else. Number six, suicidal thoughts. I mean, you know, that's a big big sign. If someone's talking about suicide, that's a big sign. You need, you need to you check in and see how they're doing. Number seven, they're unemotional. Nothing makes them happy. They're just like, blah. They're just there. Just not not happy about anything. Number eight, the lack of attention to personal hygiene. You begin to smell and you're like, what is going on? Like, you can tell they're not showering. They don't, they don't comb their hair, like... What is going on with you? Which is not normal, you know. Number nine, this is where I fall in sometimes too, social withdrawal. You know, I'm an introvert, so my natural tendency is to withdraw. How many you guys like that? Anybody like that? But they're like social withdrawal. They don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to be around people. Or another thing is they don't want to be around people that are good for them. They withdraw from the people that want to help them. And you notice, like, you are hanging out with these people that aren't so good a lot more than you're hanging around these people that you used to. Why? Because they feel like people are checking in too much. And last one, uh, drug and alcohol abuse. You see that, then that's an obvious sign that something is going on in their life. And uh, we need to ask, what's going on? We need to ask. We need to be there for them and and help them. And so number two, number two is this. So we got first one, ask. Number two is listen. Listen, James chapter 1, verse 9. You guys learning? It's, it's practical, it's teaching, but it's good. It's good for us to learn these things. Number two is listen. James chapter 1, verse 19 says to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. It says that quickness is, is prompt and swift to hear. Listen, when we ask when someone's, if something's going on, listen well. Pay attention and listen to what's going on because chances are they might, you could probably pick up on what's happening or what they're feeling by just letting them talk and letting them just air these things out. And so we cannot ever stop forms of communication. Listen, when, you know, uh, uh, just this week, uh, I think it was yesterday, my wife woke up and she's like, you know, hey, I'm feeling kind of blah today. How many guys ever wake up like that? You're just like, oh, come on, we're all natural, we're all humans. You have those days, you're just like, I just feel off, like, I just feel off you know, and uh, she was just telling me about it, and, and she, you know, because I asked her, I'm like, hey, are you okay, because she seemed a little bit, a little bit weird, you know, I'm like, are you doing okay, come on, that's how we build strong families, amen, That's how we build strong marriages, she's like, I'm just feeling off, and I just want you to know, it's nothing about you, I just kind of woke up this way, and you know what, I listened to her, come on, and then I, you know, I told her, hey, we're going to make it a good day, it's going to be great. I make sure to go out of my way to try to make it a good day. I try to corral my kids as much as I could. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I try to serve her. Come on. When, we, when we're going through these things, like, pay attention, listen, and see how you can help. Never stop forms of communication. And be like, what's your problem? And then you just get all mad. Like, no, don't. Never stop forms of communication, especially within marriages, especially within families. We've got to keep that up. So listen. Listen to what's going on. You ask them, listen to them. And when you listen to people, man, they open up. They open up to you. You know, one of the things that we try to teach our kids is that, man, and and this is a great tip for parents, when they talk to you, listen. I know sometimes it seems silly. Like, you know, I talk to my younger daughter, and she tells me about these things that her friends are going through or they're fighting about. I'm like, that's silly. But I don't tell her that. I just listen to her. All right. Why? Because I'm teaching her that it's okay for you to come talk to me. It's okay for you to come communicate with me. I want to hear. I want to help. I want to be there. I'm not going to just blow you off and be like, oh, that doesn't doesn't matter. Like, you know, because I think a lot of times, especially as they become teenagers, we sometimes have a, a tendency to maybe just blow off those things a little bit. But no, we want to make sure that we are listening and see what is going on in their world. Because it matters to them. It may be silly to us because, you know, we're adults, but it matters to them. And there was a one time in your life that it mattered to you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And so we don't want to just blow them off. We want to listen to them. Even at an early age, maybe got young kids, man, teach them now. Hey, dad wants to listen to what you have to say. Hey, mom Mom wants, mom cares. Mom wants, what's going on? And they begin to express those things. How many guys have little kids? Come on, the scriptures say to train your child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they're not going to depart from it. So we train them in these ways. I'm going to be here. I'm going to listen to you. I care about what you're going through. Why? Because God cares about what you're going through. Come on. We train them and we teach them. So listen to them. Don't just blow them off. Because the chances are, if you keep on blowing them off, as they get older, it's less likely they're going to come and talk to you. And you're going to be bu- building walls between your communication with one another. And you don't want to do that. Now we want to continue to tear down walls and build bridges and connections with our kids. Amen? Amen. So, hey, be compassionate. And listen, don't think that you have to have all the answers. Come on, I think that's sometimes why people are afraid to ask people because they think like, I don't know what to say. I don't have all the answers. Listen, there's a lot of times you don't need to have all the answers. You just need to be there and listen to them. You know, when my wife lost our, our child, you know, one of the things I remember her telling me is like these people come and they tell me all these things, but I really don't want their words. I just I just want people to be there. Like you don't have to say a bunch of things. I just, I just want you to be there present in the moment. And so we don't have to always have all the answers. You know, just allowing them to have an opportunity to talk to someone will bring a lot of clarity. Like I said, I'm an introvert. Like I I don't open up. I'm not like, I'm not one of those people who are like, here's my emotions. Here I am, like here I, I'm just gonna spill them everywhere. Like I'm just not like that. Naturally, I am not built that way. It's not who I am. And so I've had to learn to actually open up to the people that, that I need to open up to and, you know, just uh, in the times and the seasons of my life, maybe I was going through a hard time. You know, Michelle would talk to me, and she'd be patient with me, and I would just begin to talk. I couldn't even articulate. Have you ever been there? Like, you can't even articulate what you're feeling. You're just like, I just feel this. I don't know why. And as you begin to talk about it, something that clarity begins to come in. Why? Because the life of God begins to come in, begins to shine light into the situation. That's why we're having this topic. That's why we're talking about this. So that speaking out, just listening helps people bring clarity to what's going on. And so just be there. Ask. Listen. Amen? Let's be compassionate. Listen, tell them if you don't know what to do, then tell them. Like, hey, let's join a connect group. Come on. Hey. I want to encourage you to come to church. I want you to be a part of church. Like, you know, a lot of times when we're going through things, the first thing that the devil tries to remove is the word and church. He said, oh, you don't want to go to church. Oh, you don't feel like going to church. Oh, you don't want to go there. Oh, No, what? Come on, when we're in the moment, we need more God. We need more church. We need more connection. We need to serve. Jesus says, You don't I have substance that you don't even know. I have meat that you don't even know of. And it was through the service of helping another individual. Scripture say, when you refresh other people, that you yourself will be refreshed. So we just keep on going for encouraging. Hey, join this connect group. Hey, come with me to church. Connect them with the pastor. Connect them with the program. Connect them maybe with a therapist or a counselor. Come on, let's all find these opportunities. Number three. So first one, uh, uh, ask. Number two is listen. Number three, be a voice of hope. Come on, people need hope. We learn one of the biggest lies that people hear is that, they're, that they are alone, that it's hopeless. Come on. That they're weak. So we have to be people, uh, messengers of hope. We got to give hope to people. Even if they make the same mistake over and over and over, we got to keep on giving that message of hope. Because what else is there? What is the alternative? There is no hope besides apart from Christ. So we keep on giving hope. I know you stumbled, but we're going to keep on going forward. I know you messed up, but we're just going to keep on believing for victory for you. I know that you're going through, but God has victory for you. Tell them God wants them well. Tell them that they're going to get better. Be an encourager. Be a voice of encouragement. Man, you're not going to stay this way all the time. You're not going to stay. No, we're going to get over this. We're going to overcome this. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to help you. And we just be that voice of hope. Come on, we share with them the message of the cross. So ask, listen, come on, be a a voice of hope. And number four, check in and support. And this is just relationship. When you've asked them, when you open up that door, don't just leave them, but check in on them. How are you doing? I know you were struggling. I have a good friend, I text often, uh, you know, when, not often, but when I go through things, I tell him, hey, you know, simple, simple text. Hey, pray for me, I got a lot going on. Text back, gives me some encouragement, I'll pray for you. What I love about this friend is they come, And they don't just leave it at the text, but I see them at church. They're like, how are you doing? Doing good, man. I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much. And what's so great about him is he keeps on asking, like, for three months. I'm like, I'm good, man. Thank you. But I appreciate it, right? Why? Because I see the love that he has through the actions that he's taking. That he's not just saying, oh, I'll pray for you, giving the good Christian response. I'll pray for you. No, but that he prays for me and he asks and he follows up. Check in, support, offer opportunities, offer relationships. And listen, don't be afraid to pray for people. Don't be afraid to pray for them. You know, I think sometimes we're afraid to pray for people. Like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what words to say. I only know one scripture. Well, hey, praise God, you know that one scripture. Pray that scripture. Listen, prayers don't have to be hard. You can just say a simple prayer, God, help them. Lord, be there for them. I pray that you strengthen them and that you help them through this rough time. Amen. Listen, you don't have to be in Starbucks talking to somebody and they're like, man, I'm going through this. Let me pray for you. Raise your hands in the air and I'm going to pray for you in the Holy Spirit. Like we don't have to make it all weird and crazy. Like you can just look at them and be like, you know, I'm going to pray for you. God, help them. Lord, be with them. I just pray that you strengthen them and bless them, Lord. Amen. No one's even know you're praying. Come on, it doesn't have to be hard. It can be simple. A simple prayer. Jesus even said, you don't have to have many words. He's, he says, these guys try to think they have to have many words, but just pray like this. Simple prayer. Our Father who, is all, all, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come on, simple prayer. So listen, today, I want to, you guys can stand with me because I got to end this thing. I'm already running late. This is the first time I've ever been late. Oh my gosh. I tell pastor, you can't leave no more, pastor. Rubbing off on me, man. No, just kidding. <laughs> We love you, Pastor. He's probably watching, or he will watch. We love you, Pastor. Enjoy your time. But listen, I want to end with this thought. Listen, you have the ability in and through the Holy Spirit to help. You have the ability within yourself, not because of you, but because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, to help your friends, to help your family, to help your spouse. So many times I've talked to people. It's like, I don't know what to do with my spouse because they just don't want to come to church. Listen, you have the power within you. You know what the greatest thing you can do is show love. The greatest thing you can do is serve. To be there. To have compassion. To pray for them. It's the greatest thing you can do. You don't have to have all the answers. And I'm so glad. uh, Being a pastor, I I know I don't need to have the answers. Because sometimes we're just doing the best we can but we can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit well Jesus says hey when you go up there don't be afraid because the Holy Spirit will speak through you you don't have to be afraid because he's going to work through your life and he's going to help you amen listen there's a lot of people hurting in this world and there's a story I'm going to end with this there's a story of Moses, Joshua, Aaron and Hur Moses says Joshua go down there and go fight I'm going to stand up here with the rod of God. I'm going to hold it up. And he says that when he was holding it up, they would win the battle. But when he would begin to put it down, they'd begin to get tired. they begin to lose the battle. How have you been like that? You're like, it's just a rod. Have you ever been like putting up a ceiling fan? You're like, I got this. And like three minutes in, you're like, my goodness, Lord, help me. Like you're, my hands are weak. You're like, come help me, babe. <laughs> like, you know, come on. You're like, I'm a strong man, but not really because I can't even hold this thing up. What's going on? Come on. We get tired. People get tired. It says that, it says Aaron and her, they looked, they didn't, they didn't say this, but they probably looked at Joshua like, it can't be Joshua. I ain't gonna go down there and fight. Can't be Moses because there's only one Moses. But you know what we can do, Aaron? You know what we can do, her? We can come up alongside Moses and lift up his arms. We can be a support to them. We can help them. We can help Moses win this battle. So it says they got a rock and they sat Moses down because he was tired. And they both got on one side of his hands and they lifted up him, lifted him up as a support. And man, my friends, my family, we can do this with our family, with our friends, with our spouse. When we see that they're getting weak, that we don't judge them, but we become come part, uh, come beside them and say, let me help you. Let me help you a little bit with the kids a little bit more. Let me help you. do a little bit of things that's going on let me let me help you because I want to be a support to you I want to be there for you we can do this with our family with our friends and when we see that they're being weak you know what that's going to build it's going to build strong marriages it's going to build strong families come on and in that we build strong communities We build a strong church as we come up besides one another and we help one another grow. We pray for one another and we're there for one another. Come on, that's what God has called us to do. And when the world sees us do that, they're going to come and they're going to see they are followers of God. I see it because they love each other. They're praying for each other. They're there for one another and they're supporting one another. That's what we want. That's what we're trying to build. Amen. Listen, I want to pray for you guys real quick. Everybody head bowed, eyes closed. Sorry that we're late. I apologize. We, I still got one more minute technically, so we're good. I want everybody to raise your hands. Just close your eyes and raise your hands. Everybody in this room. I want everybody to do it. Everybody to do it. Listen, today, if you are suffering, if you've been suffering with mental health, with depression and anxiety, you've been going through a lot of stuff, we're having everybody raise their hands because I don't want you to feel embarrassed, but we want to pray for you. We want to help you. We want to be there for you. And we want to tell you that we believe that today you can have complete victory in Christ Jesus. That he wants to help you. That he hasn't abandoned you. You don't have to be ashamed. You are not weak. You are not alone. Come on, you don't have to be afraid. No, God is there with you. It says as we cast our cares upon him, we're going to find freedom because we know that he cares for us. So all this room, I want to pray. Father, I just pray. For those who are suffering, the Holy Spirit, you begin to sweep through this place and bring your graciousness and your mercy and your empowerment in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you strengthen them from the innermost being. And God, I thank you that they have complete victory in this. And we declare that depression has been swallowed up by victory. Anxiety has been swallowed up in victory. I thank you that eating disorders have been swallowed up in victory and self harm either by harming themselves or doing things that are not good for them. I thank you Lord has been swallowed up in victory. And right now in the name of Jesus, we declare that they are free because of what you have done. We're not afraid to say it. We're not ashamed to say it. No, we declare by faith that right now in the name of Jesus, they are free and the devil has nothing over them, no authority over their life and we pray those chains and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message has blessed your life. Visit us at www.harvestlifechurch.org.